Good morning. I'm excited to be here. How about you? All right. My name is Eric. I get to be the pastor here. I just want to say welcome. So glad that you are here today. We are kicking off this brand new series called Be Rich. Uh, North Point Community Church down in Atlanta. Uh, Andy Stanley is the lead pastor. They've been doing this for a number of years. For the month of November, they've been focusing on giving, serving, and loving their community. And a couple years ago, they've invited churches across the nation. Hey, why don't you partner with us? And we can share some resources, share ideas. And so we are partnering with thousands of churches across the nation, uh, some even across the globe, to say, hey, religion or our Christian faith is not just about singing and sermons, but actually it's about blessing our community. It's about being the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. And so that's what we're doing for this month of November. We're going to talk a little bit more about that at the end of today's message. But I'm excited just to see what God's going to do in us individually, uh, as a church, and in our community. Uh, today, let's, let's dive in. Uh, in just a couple days, on November 12th, Disney Plus is coming out. Anyone else really excited about that? I am. Uh, so they've done a phenomenal job marketing, especially to like Gen Xers like me. Like, hey, remember all these cartoons you used to watch uh, when you came home from school? Uh, sh- you know, shows like uh, Rescue Rangers or Tailspin. And they're like, you can watch them now with your kids. I'm like, this is phenomenal. I'm so excited. November 12th. How many of you guys remember DuckTales? Uh, DuckTales, amazing. Uh, I think all of us grew up wanting to be like Scrooge McDuck where he would dive into that vat of money and go swimming. You know, maybe you've seen that before. Scrooge, he's diving in the water, and it's like, man, I think we all wanted to be Scrooge McDuck. Like, we wanted the whole vat of money that we could sing, that we could swim in and all that stuff. But we all have that desire, I think, to be like Scrooge, to have lots of money. We all, as kids, we want to be rich when we grow up. Do you know somebody who actually is rich? Don't point at them if they're in service right now. Um, but maybe you know someone who's rich. Maybe you look at their life and you think, man, if I was rich like them, I would do a much better job you know, stewarding their resources of being rich. What I've learned, though, is that a lot of people are rich, but they don't know they're rich. It's like if you walked up to them and said, hey, what does it feel like to be rich? And be like, oh, no, no, I'm not rich. Like that guy over there, he's rich for sure. Because I think the problem is no one knows where that rich line is. Like we say, we want to be rich, but where is that rich line? Like you never get paid on the first of the month and be like, well, I wasn't rich yesterday. But now that I got paid, I've crossed that rich line. And you know what? Now I am rich. Like I don't think any of us feel that way. Maybe the very first time, if you remember your first job. Like I remember I worked at a grocery store. And I got my very first check. And it was like, you know, for like $127. And it's like, man, I felt rich that very first time. Uh, then I looked at, you know, the back paste up, and it's like, who is FICA? Why is he taking all my money? You know, I'm like, you don't get it. And I'm like, union dues? I didn't know I joined a union, but I did. Uh, it's a whole other story. Uh, but like, you know, but none of us ever gets paid, and we're like, man, now I'm rich. Yesterday I wasn't. So the problem is, like, where is that line of, of yesterday I wasn't rich, today I'm rich, you're rich, am I rich? Who's rich? Well, I want to look at what does that mean to be rich? Well, what, what does that mean? Well, look at a little research, Gallup, who does these surveys, and they ask people, how much would you need to earn to feel like you were rich? I think this is fascinating. They asked people who earned $30,000 a year, that how much would you need to earn to be rich? And the average response was that for those making $30,000 a year, is that if I made $75,000 a year, I would be rich. Some of you in this room, maybe you make $75,000 a year, and you're like, I'm not rich. No way. But people who make $30,000 a year, they thought if they made $75,000 a year, they would be rich. Well, then they asked people who made $50,000 a year, what would you need 
to feel rich. And they said, well, if I made $100,000 a year, if I made six-figure income, boy, I'd be so rich, I'd be so obnoxious. And then some of you, maybe you make $100,000 a year or your combined income, and you're like, let me tell you, we got kids in sports and, and traveling basketball, and there's theater camps and, and dance and you know, pet expenses and, and all this stuff, and $100,000, I am not rich. Well, here's the first truth. It's hard to define where that rich line is because it keeps moving. You know, they ask people who made $200,000 a year, how much in assets would you need to be rich? And the average response was, if I had $5 million in the bank, I would feel rich. It's like, well, duh. But if you ask someone who had only $2 million, they'd be like, no, I'm not rich. And that person over there, they're the ones that are rich because that rich line continues to move. I mean, I know this all too well. When I first got married, Chris and I moved out to Colorado. I was a youth pastor out there. And I was making $26,000 a year. And I remember I had a friend who was making $45,000 a year. And I was like, boy, if I ever made $45,000 a year, I'd be so rich. That's all the money I'd ever need to make. And then we, we bought a little townhome, started having kids. I got hired as an, an associate pastor in another church and actually started making $45,000 a year. And I realized, whoa, I am not rich. This, this is barely covering you know, our house and the baby and all this stuff because that rich line continues to move. But today I want us all to realize though that we actually crossed that line. That most of us, we actually are rich and God has blessed us with more than we need. And so we wanna be rich in a way that's honoring to God. And so today, I'm going to give you some good news and some bad news. And starting off with the good news is that actually, you are rich. So you can take that encouragement and say that you are rich. Uh, you may not feel it, but you are rich. And you may be like, all right, Eric, yeah, you're like a church planner, and so obviously you're rich because you've got a private jet and all that stuff. No. But no, I'm not rich. But do you know that if you make $33,000 a year, you are in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. That if you make, in your household, $33,000 a year, you're in the top 1%. I think most of us would fall in that category, that we'd be one percenters, that we'd make more than 99% of the world. And so, in the Bible's eyes, we are blessed, we are rich. And so the good news is that really, you are blessed, you are rich, and the bad news is, you and I, that we are rich. And what we see when we go throughout scripture is that the rich are oftentimes challenged by Jesus and others that it's hard to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's actually a spiritual disadvantage. See, Jesus encountered this rich man one time and he said, hey, Jesus, how do I follow you? How do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, if you obey all the commandments, then, then you will receive eternal life. And the guy said, I've done all that. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Jesus looked at this man and he loved him. What did Jesus tell him next? He said, well, then go and sell all your possessions and come follow me. Now, it's important to know that this is the only time Jesus ever told someone this. Jesus is not opposed to us having nice things. You can see it through scripture. God gives wealth. God is not opposed to us having nice things. But what God does not want is for our things to have us. Does that make sense? God's not opposed to us having nice things, but God doesn't want our things to have our heart. And so when Jesus looked at this wealthy young man, he saw that his heart was actually captured by his wealth. 
by his stuff. And Jesus saw the only antidote for this is for you to just sell all your stuff and come follow me. And their rich young ruler walked away in sadness because he had great wealth. And he would not make Jesus his number one. Jesus says it is hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's actually easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for the rich to enter heaven. And so for most of us, we fall into that top 1%. The reality is we are blessed. When you look at human history, we are blessed. We have clean drinking water. We have access to libraries. We have all these things. We can educate our children. If they get sick, we can take them to the hospital. And so there's great advantages in that. There's disadvantages spiritually. And so we need to pay attention to what does the Bible say to rich people like you and me? See, when we're reading through the Bible and we come across these sections where the Bible addresses rich people, I know for me it's easy to just skip those. Ah, I'm not rich, so I'm just going to skip these sections. But instead to say, no, that's actually for me. See, God actually wants us to be good at being rich. Did you know that? God wants us to be good at being rich. God wants to bless us to put things into our hands. But here's the key. That just because God blesses us, just because God sends us wealth and talents and possessions that puts it in our hands, it doesn't mean it's all for us. We're gonna get into that a little bit. But God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. We're gonna look at what does it mean when God says to the rich people? And today my hope and my prayer for you is that this isn't any kind of guilt or condemnation, but that you'll see that we have a responsibility, that we've been blessed richly by God, so what do we do? We're gonna look at 1 Timothy and, and see what does the Apostle Paul write to his protege Timothy, who's gonna be a pastor, and, and he's gonna lead this, this church, and, and he gives some instructions. And throughout the book, he's instructing the church, but then now he's gonna get to the rich people. And like I said, it'd be easy to skip over the section, but this, I think, is for all of us. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, here's what the Apostle Paul writes to the early church. He says, teach those who are rich in this world And again, most of us would fall into that top 1%. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives all we need for our enjoyment. So if you and I are rich, this is speaking to us. And the first thing I want us to take notes of writing this down is that we need to, don't be so proud. Don't be so proud. In other words, that if you have been blessed, don't think, you know what, this is all because of me. And yes, maybe you used your God-given gifts and talents, and maybe you saved well, and you invested, and you started that business, and you were fiscally sound, and you knew how to save. But what Paul is writing to us is that, you know what, the reality is that everything that comes is a gift from God. The breath in our lungs, the ability to get up, to run a business, to make money. The fact that we were born, many of us, in this country or were able to come to this country. The fact that we were not born in some time and place where we, we had no opportunities. So much of that is, was out of our hands. And so don't be so proud that everything you have that you made because everything is a gift from God. And so first, I want us to just have this attitude that, you know what, God, thank you. 
Thank you that we get to live in this great country, that we get the opportunity to, to work jobs, that we're not stuck in some kind of caste system where we have to stay at this place, that we can work hard, that we can start businesses, we can go to college, or, or, or we can learn a trade. We can educate ourselves. Man, especially now, there's online courses. There's so many opportunities that we have. And so for those of us who have been richly blessed by God, the first thing is just we don't want to be so proud and saying that we did this all ourselves. But said, man, God, thank you. Thank you for your ta- the, the talents you've given me. Thank you for the, the abilities, the opportunities that you've blessed me with, just a healthy body that can work, a healthy mind. And we've been so blessed. Here's what I've learned, that is every blessing that we don't turn back to praise has the potential to turn to pride. Every blessing that doesn't turn back to praise has the potential to turn back to pride. We can get so stuck up on ourselves and think, well, if we don't take this blessing and turn it back to praise to God, we're gonna start to believe ourselves, we'll believe the own hype, and that's gonna turn into pride. And the pride is the root of all sin. So instead, we wanna say, God, thank you. Thank you so much. I don't know if you know any rich, arrogant people, but it's easy to think that, man, everything I've done is because of my own abilities. But Paul is warning us rich people, hey, don't be so proud. And also, don't put all your faith and trust in your bank account, in your business, in your investments, because the reality is someday that's all gonna go away. So put your trust in God. He is eternal. He is the one that we can count on. So don't put your hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but put your hope in God, who richly, richly provides everything for our enjoyment. Again, Jesus is not opposed to you having nice stuff. Jesus just doesn't want our stuff to have our heart. And so the first step is just to just turn it back to praise. God, thank you. Just have that attitude. Thank you that, that tomorrow morning when you, when you go to work, hopefully, and, and you know, to say, God, it's Monday morning. Thank you that I have a job. Thank you that I have the ability to work with, with my body, with my mind. Thank you. He goes on to, to, to say in verse 18, tell them to use their money to do good. To do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. You need to understand that you are here for good. You are here for good. Maybe you got one of those our red t-shirts that some of you are wearing even today. We are here for good. We kind of handle those t-shirts in two different ways. Number one, this is our fourth building in four years. We don't want to move again, so we're here for good in Osseo. But also, we are here for good. Paul tells us, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works, generous to those in need, always being ready to share We are here for good. We are here to be a force for good, to be Jesus' hands and feet. And just because we've been blessed doesn't mean that everything that comes into contact with us is for our consumption. See, I think the problem is when you hear, hey, you actually are rich. You're one of the one percenters in the world. See, the thing is, a lot of us don't feel relieved. Like, well, I still have debt. I don't feel rich. I think that's because of the consumption assumption. And as Americans, this is what we struggle with so very much. 
the consumption assumption, which is the assumption that everything that comes into my grasp is for me or my family to consume. That my calendar is all for me to do with my leisure time or however I wanna invest in my family. That every resource is for me to consume. Every talent and ability is for me. If it comes to me, it must be for me. Again, the goal today isn't to make you feel guilty. The goal is to help you feel responsible. Some of us have been blessed in so many ways, so many opportunities with talents and abilities. And to say, God, wow, thank you for entrusting me with these abilities, with these talents. How can I now do good for you? If you read the Old Testament, really their view of wealth in a lot of ways in, in their viewpoint was that if you were wealthy, you must have been blessed by God. You must have done something right. For a long time, that's kind of how God's people viewed wealth, that if you were poor, God must have struck you down, maybe you did something wrong. But when we go to the New Testament, we really see that their view of ritual has changed, that rich people aren't more loved or blessed by God. Rich people are more responsible. And so for those of us who are in that 1%, those of us who are Americans who've been blessed, it's not that we're more loved than those believers in other parts of the world who don't have access to healthcare or clean drinking water. It's the fact that we have been blessed and that we are responsible to steward those opportunities, the wealth, the abilities that God has given us. And here's what God tells us, is that resource people should look for opportunities to do more. The more resources that have come into your hands through God, the more opportunities to do more. So you and I are here for good. We've been blessed by God so that we could be a blessing to others. We get to be generous. We get to share with those in need. That's what Paul is telling. He says, tell them that they get to be generous. They get to share. And then finally, Paul tells, how do we experience true life? In verse 19, 1 Timothy 6, 19, he says, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. This is what Jesus wants for you, is that for you to experience true life. Jesus doesn't want to take your stuff. He wants to make sure your stuff doesn't have your heart. He wants you to have true, abiding life. By being generous, that brings true life. Being generous brings true life. How do we experience this life? Paul tells us that if we are generous, we will experience the expansive life that God has for us. So what does this mean for you? What does this mean for me? Don't be so proud of what you've accomplished or accumulated. Take every blessing, turn it back to praise. God, thank you. Thank you for the opportunities. Thank you for the abilities you've given me. Thank you for the wealth you put in my hands. Thank you for the children you blessed me with. Thank you. Understand that we are here for good. And that by being generous, that brings true life. That brings the life that God has for us. That stuff no longer holds our heart, but instead we give our heart to him, to Jesus. What does it look like to be generous? Well, this month we're gonna talk about giving, serving, and loving. Giving, serving, and loving. Give. We're gonna talk about this in, the, in this month. We want you to be generous. And one of the ways to make sure that greed doesn't have your heart is to be generous with your giving. We invite our partners to give on a regular, proportional way every month. If you didn't know, 
this church exists because of the people in this room who give to it. We thank you for that. We could not exist without your generosity. We don't have some other outside churches are pouring into us, but we come together, partner, and say, man, we're gonna pool our resources so we can have some people work for the church like me and Josh and Josh and Beth and Ashley and say, thank you for, for that. We're, we're gonna serve. We're gonna serve our community. We're gonna love. We're gonna show the love of Jesus. So what's your next step? Next summer, we're gonna take a mission trip to Thailand. Uh, Cora and Troy Roberts, they were here this, this, this summer. We've raised money to uh, buy Bibles for uh, girls who've left the prostitution industry and needed study Bibles in their own language. And you guys gave that. You guys gave $600 so that those girls could have Bibles. And uh, this summer, July 6th through the 16th, we're gonna send a team over there to, to bless Cora and Troy and people over there to, to do some ministry with the Thai people. Maybe your next step is to say, you know, I've never gone overseas. I've never stretched myself in that way, but you know what, I have been blessed. And you know what, this year, instead of taking a family vacation, some of us, we're gonna go on this mission trip and, and, and saying, you know what, we've been blessed and we're not gonna consume everything for us, but we're actually gonna go. We're gonna have details for that. We're also, one of the things we wanna do is we wanna do a summer VBS camp here at Austin Senior High. And actually what we wanna do is, is do a, an evening uh, camp, uh, some kind of like rock band camp, a theater camp, and then like a sports camp. And then we actually want to take that on the road and do something very similar in Thailand um, for the kids there. So I'm super excited about that. Maybe it's saying, hey, I would love this summer, next June, to, to help put on some kind of camp to bless those around in this area, the kids. Maybe your next step is baptism. Uh, we'd love to do a baptism service here in just about a couple weeks. Maybe you've been coming for a while and you're like, ah, I don't know what this whole baptism thing means. Baptizo literally means to be immersed. It's the idea of a ship going down underwater. Maybe you're baptized as a baby and that was an incredibly significant event in the life of your parents. And their hope was that you would follow Jesus. And we see that Jesus, when he was an adult, he went and got baptized. And so we wanna be like Jesus and we wanna be baptized. And it's a way of identifying with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection as we go under the water, we come back up. It doesn't save you, but it's a way of going Facebook official, going public and saying, Jesus, I'm your follower. So maybe today, if you haven't made that decision as an adult, we would love to baptize you. Again, if you baptized as a baby, that was so significant that your parents did for you, and their hope was that you would one day be baptized. And so we want to help you take that next step of faith. Maybe your next step is to you have a child recently, and you want to dedicate that child to the Lord. Uh, on the 24th, we're, we're going to be, what we do is we do parent and child dedication. And it's a way of just having the parents come up here on stage and saying, hey, these kids are a gift and a blessing from God. But man, it's hard to raise kids. And so as a community, we're going to make some pledges and say, hey, we want to raise our kids in a way that they can follow Jesus. And as a community to say, hey, we're here with you. We're going to help you when it gets hard. And so we're going to do that on the 24th. Maybe you've been coming for a little while and you just need to have that first serve. It takes a lot of volunteers just to make Sundays happen. And it truly is better to give than to just consume. And so what's that first step for you? Maybe it's, it's serving in our first impressions team of just helping make coffee, just smiling at someone, handing out a program. Our kids back there, man, we got like 50 kids every week to love to serve them. Our hope and our desire is that kids can have consistent adults back there 
So they have those relationships. And then when a kid is a little scared to drop that, they're like, oh, I love when Josiah serves back there because then he's in my small group. Or I love when Katie teaches preschool, whatever that might be. You have the opportunity to invest in kids. It's not just daycare back there, but they actually learn Bible lessons. I love my four-year-old. He'll come home and be like, what did you learn today? He's like, we learned to get out of here, fear. God is near. And he says it like all week long. That's amazing. Maybe you take that first step. Just saying, hey, and here's the thing. You sign up to serve once. You don't have to like, it's the rest of your life, just try it. If that's not the right area, try something else just to serve others. And then like Jeremy mentioned, starting point. If it doesn't work today, some other time. Just get to know more about who we are as a church. Because we are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. We realize that the church does not exist for us, that we are the church, and we exist for the world. We are here for good. As a church, we're full of rich people. As rich people, what are we gonna do? We're gonna invest in our community like crazy. We're gonna give resources away. We're gonna help build wells for people that don't have access to clean drinking water. We're gonna buy Bibles for new believers in Thailand. We're helping start a new church in Munich, Germany, for those who don't know Jesus. We're gonna rally around, support families as they go through foster care, as they battle infertility, as people start businesses and say, hey, we're here to support you. We wanna be a church that's good at being rich in a way that honors God. And so, so just tangible, how do, we, how do we do this even just collectively? Well, next time we're gonna do something we've never done before. And I address this in my email, if you get my weekly emails. But we're actually not gonna meet here next Sunday. We're doing something we're calling Serve the City. Um, it's actually kind of crazy how God works out. Uh, when we moved to Austin Senior High, they said, honestly, they're just like, you know, there's a couple Sundays because of theater shows, things like that, we can't meet in here. Like, oh, okay, what's this gonna look like? Because there's a matinee show. And so like November 10th, uh, we can't have service. So like, oh, we're gonna serve our community. Well, North Point Community Church does this big be rich, serve, give, love, and churches around the nation on November 10th are going out and serving their community. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, how does God work? That's just awesome. That happens to be the same Sunday that we are planning now to go serve our community. And so instead of meeting here at 10, uh, we're gonna meet at Osseo Community Center, which is where, where the city hall is, just two blocks away. It's where our, our youth group can start meeting again on, on the 10th that night. And we're gonna gather together at nine o'clock, a little bit earlier, um, but a lot of us here are also here at 7.30, so it's way later for us than the setup team. But at nine o'clock, we're gonna get together some acoustic worship again, a couple songs, pray. We're gonna gather to scatter. We're gonna gather to scatter. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna tell our community we're here for good. That this Christian religion thing is not just about sermons and singing. It's actually about being the tangible hands and feet of God. And so we're gonna send one team out and we're gonna prayer walk. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe you love prayer. And we're gonna walk throughout our community and we're gonna, we're gonna bathe it in prayer. We're just gonna walk and pray together. We're gonna walk and pray. And then our youth pastor, Josh Olson, he's gonna take out a team of people, some of our students, some of our adults, and we're gonna door to door. We're gonna knock on doors. I know it's crazy. And we're gonna bring some rakes and some other stuff and say, hey, assuming there's not a foot of snow on the ground because you never know in Minnesota, but hey, if there's still leaves, hey, can we do something for you? Can we rake your leaves? Is there something that we can just do for you? And we're also gonna collect canned food canned foods for um, Cross, which is an awesome nonprofit up in Rogers. And say, hey, you know, the holidays are a tough time for a lot of people. They, they need help. So can we collect some canned, give any canned goods that you'd like to give? And then we will donate that to Cross Food Shelf. 
And then also, that team is gonna say, hey, is there anything we can pray about? Because what I've discovered is that so often people who aren't even religious, who aren't even spiritual, they have heavy burdens in their lives and just say, hey, can I pray for you? And they'll say, you know what, yes, this is what you can pray about. So we're gonna have a team do that. We're gonna rake, collect canned foods, and pray with people. And then we're gonna pray also that spiritual conversations happen. They say, hey, why are you doing this? Here's why. Because we've been blessed by God who loves us so much that he gave Jesus. And so we wanna be like God and we wanna be generous. We wanna give, we wanna, we wanna love, we wanna serve. Then we're gonna send a team of people. And the Villas is a nursing home here in Osseo, um, just not too far away from here. And again, we talked to him this week and said, hey, what can we do to bring joy to your residents? A lot of them don't get a chance ever to leave. A lot of them have uh, memory issues. And so they're in long, long-term care. A lot of them are, are in wheelchairs. And they said, well, what's great is we have this pastor and she's been coming to us on Sundays to do a little message, him sing, but she had open heart surgery a couple weeks ago and she actually has not been able to come in. So we haven't been able to do this. So if you guys could come in and help us sing some hymns and if you guys could share a little message, that'd be awesome, we'd love that. I said, yes, we can do that. So Brian is gonna come, he's gonna share a little message at the villas for the, those residents. We're gonna sing some hymns together. My parents are gonna help them out. And uh, I just think it's gonna be amazing the power of songs, a lot of times people who have some memory issues, song can trigger something. And man, I, I just, I believe God's gonna use that. To bring some joy, some hope to some hearts. And they'd love to have kids come as well. So we're gonna have to make sure we don't, we don't flood them, it's the right amount of people. And then we have a group of people just stay at the Oscar Community Center. We're gonna make cards for kids. They're in long-term uh, hospital care. Kids going through cancer treatment, things like that. And um, uh, we've done this as a small group. This is a great way to encourage them. Uh, some crafts maybe to hand out to the nursing home residents later as we get closer to Thanksgiving. Uh, and so a way for even your youngest kids, if they can color, to be there. Uh, and then we're gonna gather back together at 1130 and we're gonna have a potluck lunch. And so you can drop off your, your potluck item, whatever it might be at nine o'clock, go serve. We're gonna come back, hopefully we're gonna share some stories. I'm just super excited about this. So the next Sunday, not here, but at the, at the uh, Osseo Community Center, uh, gather at nine, gonna serve. We got littlest kids, the oldest, we got something for you. We are here for good, and then we're gonna share a meal together, and I'm, I'm excited about that. If you've never been to Potluck, this is a very Minnesota thing. We just come together, everyone just brings an item. So we're gonna send an email about that, just to bring a, a dish to share. And uh, again, if you're at a place and you can't bring anything to share, that's, that's totally fine, just come. We've got a lot of generous people in this church who can bring food for you to eat, amen? Uh, people who love to cook. That's next Sunday. And so why do we do this? Because we want everyone to know that everybody matters. Whether or not God matters to them. Whether or not you believe what we believe. Everybody matters. Jesus came because God loved the whole world. Because everybody matters. Whether or not you believe in him, whether or not God matters to you, Everybody matters. God loves you. 
to next Sunday. I'm excited. To love to see people who maybe don't feel seen sometimes in a nursing home, in a hospital. Maybe they're home on a Sunday morning because they've been hurt by the church. And we're just going to show up and say, hey, can we pray for you? Can we serve you in some way? We get to do this, church. We get to say that we are here for good. What is your next step? We've been so richly blessed by God in so many ways. And so to take these things and say, let's not be so proud, but to say, God, thank you for these things. Help us know how to use our resources, our talents, our abilities, our time for good, to be a blessing. That's how we experience the expansive life that God has for us. That our stuff, our wealth, our bills don't have our hearts. Instead, as we give that away, it breaks those chains. Would you stand with me now? And we're going to pray and we're going to receive our offering. God, thank you. You gave the most generously of all when you sent Jesus. So God, now we just want to respond by giving back. God, help us just to, to know that everything that we have, every dollar, every opportunity has been a gift from you. The breath in our lungs, the ability to work has been a gift from you. So God, we just say thank you. God, help us to know that we're here for good, to do good, to, to be your hands and feet, to bless our community, to see those who don't feel seen, who, who struggle with hidden pain. God, thank you. And Lord, we pray that we would experience that true, expansive life that you want for us. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray.